Was that Evan? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. All right. Gina, you in Florida?
City Council to establish our goals for 2023 and to take stock of progress on last year's goals so that we have that context and don't overload with uh, more than we can successfully chew and swallow. Uh, so um, for anyone watching or listening, uh, council has had the opportunity to submit some draft ideas for consideration and uh, staff will be presenting both a recap of progress on last year's goals as well as leading us through discussion of those ideas. Uh, so, Dodd, who will kick us off?
platform. Uh, these, the you know, the Cathedral City City Council must agree to allow the uh, to have their um, area uh, voluntarily uh, disconnected. I guess the sphere of influence in, in Palm Desert to step in and take that over. So there's a lot of procedural hurdles that we needed to um, understand and, and start conversations on. We've been doing that. Um, I think the biggest issue in this particular area um, is IID. Uh, there was recently an article in the paper that, you know, India and La Quinta are going through the same types of issues with IID. They've essentially um, brought any development uh, in that particular area, as well as some pockets of Palm Desert to a halt right now. Um, they've adopted a policy that um, if a developer wants to move forward, they must construct the substation infrastructure. So when you're looking at each one of those substations in the 15 to 25 million dollar range and, um, you know, you're looking at significant amounts of money. So um, where we are at this point is staff has been investigating uh, various ways where we might be able to provide a, a vehicle uh, for our property owners within the corporate limits, as well as potentially uh, this area to um, uh, to finance the necessary uh, uh, electrical infrastructure should IID even agree that if, you know, with our solutions that they would provide power and wheel power to this particular area. I think that really needs to remain our sole focus on this discussion um, this next year, um, primarily for the reason that until the electrical issue is taken out of play, there is no way to put a pro forma together and even attempt to um, um, calculate what kind of tax benefits, uh, um, you know, would be derived from this entire area. Um, they can't, you know, Burger Foundation's really locked down and not able to put a, a pro forma together. And we have about 20 property owners within Palm Desert um, that are not able to, to secure uh, electric rights and, and develop their properties. So this is a more significant area, I think, issue than, than annexation right now. Um, and, and I would probably... Uh, you know, urge the city council to alter this uh, goal significantly to just deal with, um, you know, options to explore options to bring power to the uh, northern Palm Desert. Um, and if it's possible, uh, take a look at uh, partnering with uh, folks north of I-10 to if, if there's any economy of scale. Uh, that has to be done before any of these other conversations really mean anything. So uh, that's where we are at this point on this particular goal. Mayor Portem has a question. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, since one of the, or the second part of the accomplishments is the collaboration with LAPCO uh, to annex Sun City, would that also be part of their plan to require a substation since that area already has the infrastructure? Um, I don't believe so. Uh, the, the important thing with the LAPCO process is, is it's my understanding, and Eric, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that in previous discussions on this topic, I wanted, there was a couple of things that were huge obstacles to considering annexation. One was that we would have to potentially annex Sun City, Palm Desert. And the second one was that we potentially have to annex Bermuda Dunes. Um, the issue with um, what we heard back from LAFCO was that the, um, Sun City, Palm Desert has been taken out uh, of the equation, and we believe that uh, Bermuda Dunes has as well. So that changes the conversation a little bit, or actually quite a bit. Um, but we still have major, major infrastructure issues out there: roadway systems, drainage systems, electrical issues that have to be put to that have to be uh, dealt with before we can even 
calculate what the costs and benefits would be of annexing that particular area. So that was the importance of the LAPCO process. Thank you. Uh, Council Member Druby. Yeah, just um, talking about the boundaries of the potential annexation, it says uh, all, you know, uh, west, Washington Street would, would form the eastern boundary, Ivy Ranch, the western boundary to the north, Coachella Valley National Wildlife Refuge. Does that extend all the way to Ramon Road, do you know? The, the reserve extends all the way to Ramon Road. And so we would annex to the southern portion of the reserve and nothing north of that. Okay, so our, our northern boundary under this scenario would be Ramon Road. Is that is that correct? No, because we wouldn't take in the refuge. Uh, oh, oh okay. So it would actually okay. be kind of just north of the Classic Club. Got it. Okay, thank you. So we, we have, we have uh, some models from other cities around California that have been in a similar situation. Um, so they're, I, I would call, they've set up what I would call holding utilities, which are basically as pass-through financing mechanisms. Uh, that we're taking a look at, as well as some other ways of potentially financing this that we can offer our uh, property owners that are impacted. But I really think that needs to be our focus the next year or two uh, before we talk about anything else in terms of annexation. And I just wanted to throw that out there for the council to, to talk about. And that conversation will happen after this complete recap, right? That's correct. Whether or not to retain this as a goal or modify it. Okay, next slide. All right, I'm back. All right, so uh, we've made some good progress here in the broadband master plan goal. Initially, staff met with uh, the Coachella Valley Association of Governments to understand what their efforts were uh, in relation to their CV Sync project and how they might be expanding fiber throughout the um, entire Coachella Valley. Staff also looked at other options for broadband, including um, some private infrastructure options. There was a company that we had met with that would actually build out their own network, and we explored that option. We also met with the city of Ontario, which started their own enterprise, uh, providing their own broadband services. Um, based on the feedback that we heard from the city council, we actually went forward and initiated a contract with HR Green to prepare a broadband feasibility and master plan study. That study was executed in the uh, fourth quarter of last year, and we're in the midst of that study now. To date, um, we've had stakeholder meetings, not only with city staff, uh, the Child Valley Association of Governments, the Child Valley Economic Partnership, but also our school districts, uh, College of the Desert, and many of our nonprofits uh, in the Coachella Valley to better understand uh, what their needs may be. Uh, right now, we're also conducting community surveys and uh, the rest of the study is conducting outreach to the various service providers. We are well underway in this study. It's anticipated to be completed uh, late this summer or early fall. And we are also exploring options for additional funding, not only for the study, but if, if the study comes back and shows what the needs are, what the potential options are for us to expand service, the funding mechanisms to build out a kind of a network. So that's our update on this goal. And if there's no questions on this, I can pass it over to Amy Lawrence for environmental initiatives. Next slide. Looks like we got a question from Mayor Pro Tem. 
Thank you, Madam Mayor. If you will go back one step in regards to broadband, you said it was the city of Ontario, I believe, that you visited. Um, as they mentioned, the way that they created their own, were there any setbacks or challenges that they encountered that we could potentially get ahead of as we explore um, creating our own? Yeah, they've had, a, a. it's been many years in the making for them to get this started. And they've had the most success uh, expanding the network to new development, but the funding needed to expand it into existing neighborhoods has been a challenge for them. And they're just getting into that now. One of their biggest challenges that they have is even as they build out the network, there's not enough uh, um, people signing onto the system uh, to support it financially. Thank you very much. Good morning, Honorable Mayor, members of the City Council. Uh, in relation to the uh, Environmental Initiatives Goal, uh, the City Council adopted the Environmental Initiatives Plan to track sustainability-related uh, projects over the next few years, which will be reported on both quarterly and annually. As noted upon adoption of the plan within three to five years, uh, so between fiscal years 24-25 and 26-27, staff will bring forward a proposal to work with a consultant on a formal sustainability plan. And until then, cross-departmental staff will continue to collaborate and work on implementing projects outlined in the current plan. Uh, we will also bring forward new projects through research and new legislation for consideration by the Resource Preservation and Enhancement Committee and also the City Council. And with that, I'd be happy to answer any questions about this project. And if there's no questions, I can pass the next slide over to Director of Public Works. Looks like Councilmember, we have a couple questions. Go ahead, Councilmember Arnick and then Mayor Protem. I think this is quick. We're talking about the alternative fuel vehicles for the city fleet. And, you know, of course, we've gone down that road before. Uh, what, what are those alternative fuel? Or would you rather us wait with these questions? Would that be better? Or how do you want us to deal with this? You know, when it comes to the particulars of these initiatives, I think the quarterly report would be the logical time to get into the weeds. Okay, I'm happy to wait. Thank you. Uh, Mayor Pro Tem? I can also hold my question. It was um, one question and, and another piece of gratitude. Thank you. Reading that report has been um, a, a view of the substantial undertaking. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. We can pass it on to uh, Director of Public Works, Martin Alvarez. Good morning, Mayor, members of the City Council. Um, we're going to provide you an update on our active transportation projects, and I'm going to turn this over to Randy Bowman, who's been uh, working on this um, throughout the year, if we can have him uh, elevated. Uh, Martin, this slide concerns North Sphere planning and North Sphere Park. Uh, do you want to cover that? Sure. I can cover this one. Absolutely. Um, as, as you know, uh, we've been working on some planning and data gathering from residents to ensure that we have proper uh, uh, information as to what the, the needs are, what the desires are for a future regional park. We've been looking at two locations. One is the, the northern uh, 27 acres that is north of Gerald Ford uh, and also east, east and east and, and west of, of Genesis. 
So we've had several meetings uh, with residents in the area. We provided a lot of opportunity to provide uh, feedback. Uh, we gathered quite a bit of information over some of the uh, uh, meetings that we had. Uh, we're to a point where we have the, the feedback and we're gonna put together a plan to come back to the city council and provide that information to you shortly. Uh, the next steps here um, is to try to con consolidate the information, provide some concepts, uh, both for the northern community park we're calling um, and also a southern regional park that is going to be generally located uh, between Portola and College, north of Frank Sinatra. We're looking at about 35 to 40 acres, depending on what the uh, uh, the data comes back in terms of needs for facilities. Uh, like, like I mentioned, we, we held several open house and public engagement meetings at the IHUB. We provided information on our Engage Palm Desert website. We had surveys. Uh, so we feel that uh, we have a good amount of information. We're still continuing with the community engagement. We're reaching out to the Desert Sands Unified School District and some of the other uh, larger stakeholders, uh, including the YMCA uh, and, and also that other groups that are throughout the city. Um, so we will be providing that information to you at, at the, I believe, in, in this next uh, city council meeting uh, in, I believe in March. Um, and then we'll continue from there to provide options uh, and information to both the Parks and Recreation Committee uh, and to the city council and move forward with uh, bringing back some conceptual design. That I believe covers in general where we're at and where we're headed. Uh, happy to answer any questions you may have. Martin, there is one bullet point in the next steps that uh, I didn't hear you touch upon, and that's the first bullet point that as plans for the park progresses, it's also our intent to review uh, optimal land uses around the park site, including housing, office, and retail. Uh, I do want to make sure that stays in the picture since residents in that area have expressed uh, interest in having more walkable destinations. Absolutely. So there, there are two, the two sites, uh, the, the northern one, the 27 acres. We're going to continue to work with the residents to make sure that we have the appropriate, uh, call them passive uses that they've been requesting with the trails. And, and open spaces and some of the, the smaller community park amenities. Uh, and, and, and retail is the key word in that bullet point, uh, going beyond park recreational use. There's uh, expressed interest in making sure that our zoning and our planning invites coffee shops or other walkable destinations. Yes, absolutely. So there, the, on the northern part, of course, we're going to look at that as well. But I think what this bullet point re refers to is probably more of the of the southern regional park. You know, I call it the the Frank Sinatra Park, if you will. Um, that is part of the university neighborhood specific plan, and so we're going to have to integrate that 35, 40 acres into that specific plan that will um, include additional housing, uh, which is already planned. In fact, we also have some dedication for affordable housing in this other regional area, uh, which will include walkable, you know, mixed use uh, areas in, in, as part of that regional park. 
And, and Mayor, you are correct. We will once the park is set, we will be replanning that particular area, updating that uh, that zoning there to make sure that we can accommodate any retail additional retail pockets in there. As so that will be part of this. Once the park uh, discussion is set, we'll replan the the other 110 acres roughly to be left. Okay, next. Good morning, Mayor and Council. Uh, this goal is, is public safety improvements, and the goal was to explore technologies in public safety and also to review public safety services. So first on the fire front, uh, early last year, you received a report from Matrix Consulting Group uh, on fire services, recommending the creation of a fourth fire station to improve response times and services in the northern portion of the city. So we have been uh, underway with that uh, with that initiative. In August, we hired a new public works project manager who has been facilitating and leading that project. In addition, last month, you awarded a contract for design for Fire Station 102, as well as to assess Stations 33 and 71. Our goal with, with on the fire side is to bring back an update on the full scope of the project, hire a construction management team, as well as an independent estimator to make sure that the costs are controlled over the life of the project. On the police side, uh, last year, we completed full installation of the automated license plate recognition system, so 49 cameras throughout the city. Uh, this, this has been a highly effective tool for law enforcement in making sure that they close cases fast. Next month, we'll be bringing back to you a full report update on the success and progress of the ALPR system uh, from our Lieutenant Chris Willison. Continuing on, on police, we are in the middle of, of reviewing uh, services similar like we did with fire services uh, on the effectiveness of our, our law enforcement services. We're working very closely with the Sheriff's Department to come up with recommendations and solutions, and we'll bring forward those to you as well. I'm happy to answer any questions. Okay, so with that, I'll turn it back over to Martine and Randy Bowman for ATP. Thanks, Chris. We'll turn this over to, to Randy Bowman. Thanks. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, we wanted to list all the projects that are in process uh, through the Active Transportation Program, a uh, program that is uh, intended to increase uh, accommodation for bicycles and pedestrians through a series of improvements. Uh, also policy change. The City Council last year uh, adopted the CVAG Active Transportation Design Guidelines which are being applied to both uh, private development uh, projects and city capital improvement projects. So on the screen is a, a rundown of projects that are in various phases of completion in the construction phase, uh, everything from the Haystack Road traffic calming phase one, uh, all the way down to PD Link phase one. Uh, we have contractors that are out there on the streets right now that are, are wrapping up several of these projects. Uh, also, I included in this list uh, the CVAG CV Sync uh, Phase One improvement. Uh, it's managed by CVAG. It runs through our city on Highway 111 and on Washington Street. And part of that project is to improve signal timing uh, for bicycles and pedestrians. Uh, let's go to the next slide, please. This slide uh, conveys information regarding projects that are in stage stages of design. 
uh, everything from up atop, uh, improving traffic operations and capacity improvements at intersections. We have a project that will update uh, 10 signalized intersections. Uh, its design is nearly complete and construction will be bidding in the second quarter of this year. To roadway safety improvements, this is a project that is 100% funded by the state. Uh, $2.2 million is what we received from the state to upgrade crosswalks uh, and pedestrian signals and add uh, uh, reflective backplates to traffic signal heads to improve visibility of traffic signals throughout the city. It proceeds at a uh, a slow pace because of the state funding, but it is 100% funded by the state. Uh, PD Link Phase 2 will consist of uh, a Class 4, and a Class 4 bikeway is a two-way uh, uh, bikeway that is separated from motor vehicles by a median. Uh, that is in design, and we expect to be bidding that out um, by the first half of this year. Uh, we will be uh, uh, making Phase two improvements to Haystack Road uh, this, this summer. We're gonna be bidding that out uh, here in the second quarter. The CV Link Cobalt Connector uh, is a project that is being, the design is being managed by CVAG and by agreement, the city will, will own the construction contract. That project was placed on hold because of a need for CVAG and CVWD to coordinate improvements in the Whitewater Channel near the CVWD water treatment facility. And uh, we are working with both of those entities to uh, help them uh, land on a final design of the project. And then uh, we will bid out its construction. Presently, we don't have a date for that because of the issues that CVAG and CVWD are working through. Uh, tomorrow at a study session uh, with city council, staff will provide city council an update on the walk and roll PD project which is really a project that focuses on filling gaps in sidewalks and bikeways uh, throughout the community. We will also be, uh, this first half of this year, bidding out uh, enhancements to the CV Link project. We have watched uh, users of the CV Link and motorists uh, and uh, need to make some enhancements through signs and pavement markings to make more clear uh, uh, the function of the CV Link. Uh, and then lastly, great news, uh, the city uh, had applied to the state for Safe Routes to Schools funding. Uh, it's uh, SRTS, and uh, that's a planning effort uh, that would um, uh, help the city work with the schools to improve safety for children uh, around schools through uh, looking at operational as well as design-related issues in the roadways uh, so that we can improve the experience for for children and, and 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 motorists alike in the school school zones. We'd applied for those funds from the state, but unfortunately the competition was great and we didn't win uh, the day on the state funding. However, uh, the federal government uh, issued a, a new program called Safe Streets for All uh, and the city applied for and is going to receive uh, three quarters of a million dollars to do an SRTS, I'll call it on steroids effort. Uh, and uh, uh, that's federal money. So there's a lot of red tape and strings that have to be plucked, uh, but we will be proceeding uh, with the SRTS plan with this federal funding in uh, FY23-24. Happy to answer any questions. Thank you very much, Madam Mayor. In terms of the red tape that is present, what do you foresee 
um, in your magic crystal ball of, of all that could happen would be some of the challenges that would make it difficult, again, being that they're federal standards? Sure thing. Uh, a lot of paperwork has to be filled out and completed, and uh, steps have to be completed before you can proceed to the next steps according to the federal government. Uh, the U.S. DOT is actually granting this money directly to the city, uh, and the FHWA, Federal Highway Administration, will be administering the program. Uh, there is a, a, a webinar coming up very soon for grant recipients of the SS4A uh, grant, and uh, sorry for that acronym, and, uh, and then they will be reaching out to us to instruct us on the next steps to complete forms to enter into uh, uh, grant agreements with uh, with the, uh, the US DOT. And then they prescribe uh, a process for procuring professional services. Uh, we will need to uh, hire a consulting firm, a qualified consulting firm to do this work for us. And all along the way, the, the federal government will be assisting us to make sure that we're auditable and, and following the, the procedures. Thank you very much. Randy, I want to uh, ask, express a couple kudos. Um, I love seeing uh, the class three sheroes on uh, key routes around town. And I was very impressed with how quickly and efficiently um, the uh, process proceeded of getting those onto the streets. It seemed to happen overnight. Uh, so they, they look great. Um, and our initial steps on Haystack have been affirmed in an ironic way. Uh, I've heard some complaints uh, from people who don't like the stop signs because they're not able to speed along haystack the way they used to. So that, of course, is precisely the point <laughs> that uh, speeding along haystack has produced a hazard uh, for the neighborhood. And I will say that in nearly every case when I've explained of uh, the challenges and some of the neighborhood concerns, people have been quite sympathetic. Uh, so the street was simply too inviting uh, as a quick thoroughfare. And we're clearly making progress in sending a different signal. So terrific. Mr. Eilman. Okay, can we have the next slide, please? So uh, now that we've completed the recap on where we are, what we've accomplished, and where we are uh, currently, uh, we wanted to turn this over to each one of you uh, on the council to uh, kind of identify your top three goals, just kind of give your feedback on where you think that the council's goals should be and where staff should be focusing on the next year. And then when we're completed with this process, uh, we've developed a couple of feedback mechanisms to facilitate the conversation. So if we could go to the next slide, uh, we wanted to go ahead and kick this off with Councilmember Harnick and explain the initiatives that she submitted. Well, thank you. 
Um, so the initiatives that that come up are are well described here, and as are the justification of the priority. I feel that we have such a great art program, and we are not investing it to investing in it to really uh, have it leveraged to its maximum. And you know, the the a perfect example is our most recent event for the kickoff of our El Paseo uh, exhibition. And it was kind of anemic when it really is exciting. And it's something that is amazing. We get hundreds of applications to be part of it. These are international artists. It does coincide with the same year as Desert X, which is something we can build upon. Uh, and as it's listed here, public art is, is a piece of our brand. So how do we... Um, give permission to the staff to really, and I know it's more than permission, it's also funding, uh, but I feel these are really investments uh, to be bolder with our events, to really make something out of them. There's no reason why when we're kicking off an 18-piece sculpture uh, exhibit like we did, that it really shouldn't get a lot of attention and really be... Um, something that excites the public. And I just want us to give our, our staff permission to go bold, you know, to really engage big energy in these efforts. And if that means too, that maybe if there needs to be some education on um, events, and of course I know with any kind of event like this, one of the key pieces is working with marketing on it and advertising. And I just think we need, we have these great events. We need to leverage on them. We need to make them more of an asset to uh, the city of Palm Desert and, you know, generate more revenue through them. So that is the uh, event issue or thoughts. Uh, do you want me just to move through or, or how do you want to deal with this? Yeah, why don't we move through? If anyone has clarifications, they can make Yeah, what, what I'd like to do is have each council member quickly uh, recap your uh, the goals that you submitted. Staff have had time to sit back and try to form these into a big picture. Uh, so let's present them here from staff and go from there. Okie doke. So next is that lot that we have on Ocotillo and Tumbleweed. And it's been sitting there empty for quite some time. Uh, the only thing we do with it is clean it up occasionally and have dust that comes up from it when we don't have anything tamping that down. And how do we turn something that is a liability into an asset? And I'm wondering, one of our goals always is to try and have fewer cars on El Paseo to make it more bike friendly and NEV friendly and pedestrian friendly. So if we were to take that lot and create a parking structure, and I wrote here multi-level parking structure, 
we could have service type of retail on the bottom if we chose, but we definitely could make it a good place to park and to either rent e-bikes or rent some type of micro mobility if we can uh, make sure that it is safe and appropriate for El Paseo. But it also would create a place where we could do drop off and pick up for people to leave their cars and use our courtesy carts. So rather than filling up El Paseo with lots of parking and lots of cars, let's move that to a place that might work better for our retailers, our merchants, and our visitors, and um, of course, always our community members. So that was that thought. The other um, economic development, and this is a new initiative, and thank you for those cute little red banners over there. Uh, just like we were talking about CBRE earlier, sometimes there are things that are just out of our reach. And looking at, you know, we're going to have Tuesday mornings going to be empty. We've got Pier 1 empty. We may well have Bed Bath & Beyond empty. And we also have the empty pads at Desert Willow. We have a lot of those issues. And rather than looking through a narrow focus, we should be looking bigger at a national sort of very inclusive focus. And that's just not something we have the capacity to do here at the city. And to bring in an independent contractor, just as we've done with CBRE, uh, not only allows them to look at the bigger picture than national and in fact, international uh, picture to find things for the city, but it also gives a great opportunity for the staff to learn a lot from these people who look through a different lens at economic development. So I think bringing in that independent contractor would be um, an asset, would be a real investment. And I think we'd see um, different results than looking at our neighbors and seeing if we can uh, share one of their businesses with them. We need to think bigger than that. The last, you know, I, we used to have somebody who'd say, well, let's see what the other cities are doing. That's not our focus. Uh, Palm Desert's focus is to be the best Palm Desert could be, not to be what other cities are in our valley. So I think an independent contractor who thinks big would be a great, a great asset, not only for the city, but for the Palm Desert team as well. So those are my three. And I, of course, I could have gone on forever, but I won't. We do the next slide. Council okay. I, I am up. So two out of my three priorities, as you can see, are the ongoing and Cal State University for the reasons already mentioned in the in the presentation. I, I believe it's for me, it's the top priority that you know, education is going to be the foundation of our economic vitality and so it really needs to be our focus. And I know Todd and our staff and council, it seems like we're all on board for that to be a top priority. I don't need to go on. And another priority we've already discussed, the Westfield Mall. Again, it's 
so important for our economic health, for our city, and I'm glad that we uh, have hired consultants and to think beyond retail for that site, perhaps residential, so um, or, or even education to look at maybe uh, COD extension campus on this site is another possibility. It, the, what we can do with this site, the possibilities are limitless. And I have that as the top priority. And then following up on uh, Council Member Harnick, um, new priority mine does uh, relate to hers. I, I focused more on the desert willow pads, but I agree with what uh, Councilmember Harnick was saying. We need to be looking at existing sites as well over by Bed Bath and Beyond and those other areas. And I also, I too think we need an outside national consultant to help support our, our staff here. Our, our staff's doing a great job, but I think we need to bring it to the national level and invest in a consultant. That's it. Okay. Next slide. Councilmember Truby. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for the opportunity. Um, I guess my there's I only submitted two because you know I'm seven weeks in. I want to make sure uh, I keep it focused and uh, stay in my lane. But uh, as far as number one priority for me would be a a revision of the general plan in as much as, or at least to, to um, give our city more tools to protect our autonomy in future development uh, as much as possible. I, you know, I, I know a lot of the land that's, we're what, 70, 80% built out. And there may be a lot of the land that's, that sits in the Northern part of our town, our city rather is already entitled. So there may not be much wiggle room in this, but I just want to make sure that moving forward, we're not, um, hamstrung as we saw with the development on uh, the 394 apartment uh, complex on the corner of Frank Sinatra and Portola there, that I'm not hamstrung by what developers want, what Sacramento wants. I want to make sure that the city uh, develops and moves forward with our vision, not not somebody else's vision. Um, so that's, and I think there may already be some work on, on the general plan on this. Um, now, number two, with homeless services, so I went to uh, that new um, mayor and council person um, event or three-day symposium in Universal City uh, came across a lot of other uh, council people who shared a lot of ideas and there were you know I, I, there were some successful programs that I found out about that were happening in other cities. Um, one of them, in particular, was that social work action group that was working in Temecula area and they're having a lot of success transitioning people from homelessness into programs and getting them off the street, because I think the feedback that I've noticed so far on, on council from residents is this is a problem. You know, we're noticing a lot of uh, basically homeless people, vagrancy, and it's affecting their business and affecting just the overall feel of the city. Now, I will say that I think what we're doing with our two resource officers and the sheriff's department are already doing a great job. This may not be necessary. I just, you know, it was just more responsive feedback we were getting from residents. And and actually, after in the week or two of chewing on this uh, particular initiative that I submitted, I got to thinking, well, you know, oftentimes when a city starts to offer services for homelessness and, and issues like that, it, it sometimes can have the, the negative a negative effect in as much as it can attract 
uh, those type of people into town. So may it may very well turn out that this hiring an outside service to to provide more services uh, for homeless people may actually be counterproductive. And part number two to consider on this one, and again, I, I give myself a little time to think about this, is that, and this is feedback I've heard from other, again, from other cities, sometimes when you hire outside um, entities to provide homelessness services, their interest is not necessarily in solving the problem. We want to solve the problem. We want to have fewer homeless people have them housed and, and off the streets. Well, oftentimes, and this sounds terrible and a little cynical, but uh, sometimes their interest is not in curing the problem, but in, in uh, making sure that they justify their existence in providing these services, and therefore maybe we're at odds in our goals. So just something that you want to consider. Like I said, I feel much more strongly about the general plan or, or future development and, and having some autonomy there than I do about uh, my goal number two. So there you have it. Next slide. Okay. Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you. Um, I found that all of the um, priorities that were presented and all of the projects are, are doing excellent. We have remarkable staff and so much work has been done that I didn't want to toss uh, too much out there. And um, continuing the work towards Cal State, we need to engage uh, former students perhaps to be part of the lobbying and state testimonies to um, advocate and not continue to allow the San Bernardino campus to see Palm Desert as a drain or as a stepchild that being part of my experience as a former employee at the Palm Desert campus. So I, I think that while we have our, our priorities in order, I think that the impact from, from student testimonies would be great. And now that we have um, that subcommittee with student services, I think that would be a, a good place to, um, to recruit students. And part of that, I think, is to, I, I know it may already be part of the discussion, is to show the state and show the Cal State system how united our valley has been. If you go into their health services or um, um, building, you see different cities and different lobbies are above the doors and they're showing how much of a commitment and the financial uh, component. Um, the other one is following up on the uh, annexing, uh, annexing the North Sphere. We've already discussed the impact of uh, EMS services and fire. And um, another area is as we talk about the, the growth, we need to look at what Riverside County wants to do and how they are facing an immediate impact and how we can help mitigate to say, we're, we're doing you the favor of having you address part of these unincorporated areas. And as somebody who grew up in Thousand Palms and knows the challenges of working with the county, um, for example, when my parents had a house fire, the developers, in order to get the permits, had to drive to Riverside to submit some of them in person. So having, again, residents from those areas, being able to be at the table, you know, beyond LAFCO and all of these powers that be, having more direct resident input of how this would benefit them, I think would continue. Now, I did submit a, a third priority. I don't know. There we go. Um, this one would be a new um, initiative. So while we've been talking about the discussions about how to grow our economic development, we have seen a lot of um, we've seen a lot of data that says that we need experience-based activities. And national trends are that malls are in decline. 
And as we talk about mixed use in our future, I think that we need to look at something like um, bowling or family-friendly karaoke because we have families that visit. We've got people that come for a conference and look around and say, I don't want to take a four-year-old um, hiking. I don't want to take them to the golf course, but I can take them inside and, and see if they, they want to learn to roller skate. We know that um, people have been saying, well, we've got the arena that's coming on board and they've got free skate hours, but they are not open on days that they have events. And as we've seen, they have things in the middle of the week, they have things on the weekends, and their hours are limited. I think this would be a great opportunity if we have something like um, a, a roller rink to have families of, of a middle income or possibly even lower resources to tell their kids, let's even show me that you can skate. Show me that you're truly interested before we invest in all of this equipment. So I, I was able to provide some information from Ford, uh, Forbes articles. There is no competition for this anywhere near. The closest one, I think, is in Temecula. And then beyond that, it's Orange County. So this would be a unique opportunity. If we wanted to provide a, a bowling alley, that could be something that would be included in some of this um, multi-use center. Currently, families have the option of going to the casino, and there's a four-hour wait. And who wants to be there with an eight-year-old running around for four hours waiting at the casino? We have Palm Springs Lanes and a lot of the complaints there that it hasn't um, been as of an attractive place because a lot of deferred maintenance is needed. So again, I think that exploring experience-based opportunities that can be used for different families of different incomes um, would be attractive and it would give our our new mall development an opportunity. Um, another, um, to touch on something I mentioned, would be karaoke, right? Right now, if you enjoy that as a family activity, you're not going to take your 10-year-old your, your to a bar. So this would be something that could be done for birthday parties, as, you know, we've got very talented students that want to record themselves in a professional environment. This would be a great place to record something and submit an audition. Um, so there's a lot of potential there. Um, we could also increase our TOT when we look at activities like the, um, the come on brain, the um, roller derby. So there are roller derby circuits and they are bypassing the Coachella Valley. So again, that would increase our TOT as people stay overnight. And so there's a lot of opportunity um, at a lot of different directions and as a council member Harnick, we need to do something that does not take away from other cities. We need to be innovative. So that in a, in a brief little bit, we have a lot of opportunities in a lot of different sectors. Thank you. Well, thank you uh, to my colleagues. I see a lot of this weaving uh, together. Um, for all the reasons uh, Gina expressed, I certainly see advocating for RCSUSB Palm Desert Campus to ultimately be a freestanding campus as a paramount uh, city goal for as long as it takes to get it accomplished. Uh, because there is nothing that can have an equally positive impact on our city's character 
and growth. Uh, the only reason I did not feature that here is that having just secured uh, the funding for the student center, uh, this is a year particularly in the context of the challenged state budget in which uh, protecting that and implementing that is probably the most we can accomplish. Uh, so I tried to focus on what I thought really deserved a spotlight this year. Uh, and I led with the mall because it is so clearly at a tipping point and a very consequential tipping point. Uh, but I don't see that we can do more of an has been listed on the next steps. Um, secondly, I featured the North area built out uh, consistent with what Evan was saying. Uh, we really need to make sure that our land use planning for that area suits our purposes within the confines of the regulatory environment. Now is the time to do it uh, before developers or builders have vested interests. Uh, as to these first two, now that I've heard everyone else speak, I really see them as parts of a bigger whole. Uh, and that bigger whole is defined by uh, Jan's third objective uh, to really have a, what I would call a master economic development plan informed by the best expertise. Uh, the mall, the North Sphere, Desert Willow, are all discrete parts of that, uh, but they need to be discrete parts of a whole, which is informed by the best possible expertise. And um, that plan, of course, uh, would be the place to incorporate Karina's ideas about experience-based opportunities, uh, which research does show attracts people uh, to support all other businesses. Uh, so much is connected from what we discussed. And then lastly, I featured the environmental front uh, simply because I wanted to make sure we don't start to think of that as a list of boxes which we check and then forget about. It's uh, it's a forever goal uh, that we want to enculturate into our thinking about everything. I do think the intention to form a five-year plan is the right current step. Uh, given how quickly technologies evolve, um, I think we'll get to a place where we're reviewing that five-year plan annually and revising it, updating it. Uh, so it's, we are perpetually uh, planning five years forward. Uh, but as to that, uh, 
I, I'm not promoting uh, something different from staying the course. Again, it's just something that I felt deserved a spotlight. So, Todd, staff has had a chance to chew on all of this input. Uh, show us how you might suggest we think together. Okay. Can you have the uh, next slide, please? Okay, next slide. So one of the things that uh, first pieces of feedback, actually, I think the way Anthony restructured that last slide, we can probably go past that one as well uh, to the next slide. Okay. Um, basically, I, I think where we're at at this point is we tried to break down the uh, the feedback and think through um, council members' suggestions um, and uh, put together a strategy for you. Um, I. I wanted to break apart the economic development projects a little bit. Um, the Desert Willow strategy, uh, I just want to remind council, uh, we are we got direction to, to take that through the uh, Surplus Land Act process this year. Uh, so we'll be aggregating all those parcels and taking it through. Once that's done, um, Eric Seha has, has been reaching out to the uh, firm that helped us with the market analysis, market assessment. Uh, of the mall to try to give us uh, an updated ideas on what could be possible there. Again, if this was owned by somebody in the private sector, so we could develop ideas for the city council to kick around, um, assuming that no affordable housing projects are brought forward. So that would be the idea there. Um, we agree on the on the consultant for the business recruitment retention. Basically, what is the need study? Do we need to start planning for um, different uh, strategies in different areas. And uh, we can certainly talk about that. I think I'm viewing much more robust um, uh, attempt at, uh, in terms of identifying particular markets. But both of those, I, I think, can be weaved, weaved into the similar uh, council goal. Um, the North Sphere planning, I don't want to forget that either because we are going to need to get a, a new team in place to plan retail opportunities, business opportunities once that park is set. So we can potentially bring, this may be two projects, it may be three, uh, but if the council wants to incorporate those as continued goals which deserve funding and our time as we move forward, uh, we can certainly do that. The research is there. We can identify the experts that are best in, in their field in these particular areas to help us out. It's probably not going to be one. It's probably going to be two or three because they are such, um, I liked the word discrete areas with different focuses and different expertises. And uh, this is how we would likely approach that. Uh, the North Sphere planning uh, is, the, is the one that, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the North Sphere planning, uh, CSU would be uh, continuation goals. We, we didn't do much other than just suggest that um, on each of those continuation goals that they be left as a council goal. The one that I did want to talk about again, though, was managing our expectations on that uh, uh, annexate, annexing north of I-10. I, I don't see that right now as something that it's achievable. It's not even worth, we can't put a number to it. We can't really discuss it from a policy perspective until we can discuss um, um, so, you know, putting some kind of a solution in place to get power to our own property owners, as well as the property north of I-10. That is really the key to unlocking any future discussions with Cathedral City, 
Blasco, um, the blank property owners up in that area. So I would alter the annexation uh, north of I-10 to really trying to identify solutions to, to bring um, IID power to those particular areas. Um, I think an important part of this uh, discussion with council is just managing expectations and um, you kind of working on things that we can control. And that is something I think that not only can we control at least the, uh, what we're presenting to you, but um, we, we owe it to the existing property owners within our corporate boundaries who can't develop their properties. So that would have been the one continuation change I would make. Um, the new ones, um, I just want to run this by you and then we'll get some feedback. Uh, Mayor, you may want to just kind of take them through uh, one at a time, but I wanted to explain how we put this into this matrix here. Um, the Acatillo tumbleweed lot that was brought up, family-based activities, we're viewing those more as kind of research options, um, almost a study session type or, uh, or uh, you know, research for the council, uh, just to come back with some ideas, recommendations to the council. Um, same thing with the events, marketing and awareness, you know, what research options do we have? That one, uh, we thought, thought a little bit differently on, though, because of... Um, it probably is worthy of an ad hoc council subcommittee um, because we know we need another committee. Um, but I, I think that uh, it, it probably makes some sense for a couple of you to work with staff um, and just say, all right, let's 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 take a look at how do we uh, improve or expand our event marketing, uh, you know, robustness, particularly with the 50th anniversary coming up. Uh, this has really been a big issue. And if there's new ideas, uh, let's discuss that. Spend a, spend a you know a year with council members just kicking ideas around on how we might re, you know redo the budget or think differently. Come up with that plan, and then uh, um, if we need to bring the committee back, it's always there. So we like that idea. Uh, the general plan update. Um, you know, Evan's correct. We're I think council's aware that we are moving, and we'll be bringing a, a proposal to you soon to bring on a consultant to help us develop. Um, design guidelines, which is something the state has mandated we have to do in order to ensure that ARC uh, has it can be effective in, the, in that process, uh, as well as the general plan update. I, I'm going to suggest that, again, this is a research project um, similar to what we did with the school boundary discussion, uh, that we uh, bring an expert on from the BBK uh, to work with our staff just to give you some outlines as far as what you can do. Um, from the general plan perspective, the state has eroded your authority so much in this area. Um, you know, I think we need to set realistic expectations for what ordinances or what policies, what general plan updates can you do that will be sustained and are defendable. Um, and that that's a whole another set of research that uh, that needs to be completed. And the homelessness services, uh, we can certainly take a look at the SWAG uh, pro program that uh, Councilmember Truby brought up and similar programs like that and come back to you with some ideas. Our, our new social service coordinator just started uh, this week, so um, he we're in the process of working with him on his contacts and game plan and his work plan and the timing of this probably is, uh, couldn't have been much better. So anyway, in terms of breaking this down, uh, the only new goal that we really saw here was kind of, you know, more of a uh, piecemeal approach at economic development based on those strategies. And um, it could, which, because I think it's going to be different consultants and then more research projects uh, to come back to council. And if, if this is 
this is what you'd like us to focus on. And I hope this makes sense. We tried to uh, we tried to make it as, as simple to understand as possible, and I'm hoping that we're as accurate as possible with what you wanted done. Thank you. Um, I, for one, uh, think this is tremendously helpful. Uh, Eight through 12 are ideas uh, that warrant some preliminary investigation before the council as a whole can say green light or yellow light or red light. Um, they don't all necessarily warrant a study session. Some of them may be topics uh, for simply a written report to uh, uh, inform council and, and leave it up to us if we want to push forward. Um, the one thought that I have as I look at this is uh, that I hate to see CSU Palm Desert Campus buried as a subtopic under economic development because it's about more than economics. It's about educational opportunities. Um, I want to hear from my colleagues, but uh, my own perception is it might be more consistent with what we've said if it continues to be a distinct goal, number one, uh, followed by um, the economic development projects. What, what do people think? Uh, Jan. Thank you. I definitely think the CSU, and I look at it when they say economic development, education in my mind is economic development, but I hear what you're saying. I think it, there's a reason we formed that 501c4 and the title of it is, thank you, Eric Seha, Priority One CV. It's the most important thing we have to work on. We have put so much effort into this and we just have to continue. I genuinely believe it is the most important thing, but, and I know it's moving along and there, there's a lot of planning in place to go forward. And I just think we have to continue with this. It is a priority. Uh, Karina. Thank you so much. I, I concur. I concur that that is not a priority that we can let slip into any other place. Um, I don't know the degree of how aggressive our lobbyists have been, or if that would be something that would hurt us or harm us as we try to push forward. But we can't just continue to say we're working on it. This is decades in the making. This isn't something that we have just been kind of waiting. This is decades in the in making. Our community is expecting progress. So I'm not sure, again, how, how aggressive they've been. And earlier, Council Member Truby mentioned that sometimes when you hire those contractors, they want to move things along slowly because they want to keep extending their contract. So I'm not sure if this has been the experience with how successful our lobbyists have been, but this is decades in the making. And while I was very pleased that the word Stockton was not anywhere on the last set of plans, that is still a competing location. And we have to be more aggressive to say we are already here. We have infrastructure. We're ready to grow. And we've been waiting for decades. So we can't let it slip past that. Thank you. 
I think the key adjective for advocacy is effective. Sometimes, as you uh, suggested, sometimes aggressive is effective. Uh, sometimes a different approach. It's and a $79 million investment in a new student center is effective. Uh, so we are exceedingly pleased with our current advocates uh, who are recently quite effective in making sure that that uh, $79 million check did not get canceled <laughs> uh, in the face of current budget challenges. But of course, we have to keep asking that question, and we will. Gina. Yes. So, Mayor, just following up on your comments and uh, Council Member Karina and, and Jan's comments about CSU, are we saying that we we want it to have its own unique title under the heading education? And we what want are we it. really? I guess the question is to Todd too. What what are we asking staff to do differently? We're just asking them to make that a distinct number one goal. Until it gets accomplished. Okay. So. <laughs> it is priority one, mm -hmm. just, just as you proposed. Uh, right. We're really all jumping on board with what you proposed, that it should be priority one for Palm Desert until it gets accomplished. Very good. And Todd, do you have anything to add to our suggestions? Not at all. Uh, it, it, it just became priority one. Very good. All right. Um, any, any other feedback? I really appreciate the thinking staff put into this. And um, I think the, the best way uh, to approach eight through 12 is if your preliminary research on any of these indicates it's becoming uh, a huge drain on staff time because of complications or vagaries, then come back to us and take our temperature as to whether there is sufficient majority support to take next steps. Does that make sense? Sure, and it, absolutely. And if everybody, if, if the council's fine with the approach that we're looking at taking to try to to check in with you, um, uh, you know, on the note column there, uh, I think we're we're really on board there. Um, Mayor Pro Tem and and Council Member Troopy. Thank you, Mayor. As um, I think that we've been talking about um, revising our master plan, I think that some of these should be added as as possibilities as we look at maybe not a right now project, but something that we we add to it. So for example, whether it's it's not the roller rink to having the plan to develop more family type experience based. And so I think those will be kind of placeholders so that we know as staff time becomes more available, as funding becomes available, that can be part of our, our focus as we look ahead to, to the future decades. So again, maybe not a right now, but a goal to continue to explore. 
Thank you. We're, we're, happy, we're happy to take that approach. Um, that for just for an example there, with the economic development world, there are firms that focus solely on uh, developing family-based activity, economic development uh, type approaches. And so I'll sit down with staff and the, the directors and we'll we'll come up with the best way to um, you know develop some research for you and get your feedback and we'll check in with you on occasion. Council member Trupian and Council member Arnick. Yeah, I just want to clarify two things. Um, Mayor Kelly, you mentioned about the North Spear build out um, and wanted to make sure, you know, we had so much vacant land. We want to make sure it gets done correctly or on our terms. I think you and I are speaking sort of about the same thing when I mentioned about the general plan update. Am I correct on that? That we're sort of speaking the same language, but from two different directions. Is that right? Um, they're related related closely related topics i think you're coming at it from the vantage point of making sure that um all of our ordinances and and zoning maximize uh our opportunity to exercise local decision making to the extent possible and that's part of what I'm talking about. I'm also talking about uh, assuring that we meet the interest of local residents for certain types of retail services. Perfect. No, I, I agree with you. I think we're on the same page exactly. And uh, you know, I just want to make sure we tighten this thing up and aren't redundant. So if there's any way to combine those two things or whatever, so we're not going in several different directions. And with regard um, to my homeless services uh, request or or goal, um, that can I personally I don't know how the rest of the council feels, but I personally feel I can be put on the back burner to a large degree until we see how our newly hired uh, resource officer goes. That's another consideration that I you know hadn't factored into my uh, goal setting. So just for what it's worth, for Todd and the rest of the council, thank you. Well, that's a very constructive thought uh, that we might give at least nine months uh, for our latest change to uh, bear fruit uh, so that we can see how that's going. Uh, so if that makes sense to everyone else, Todd, uh, that is listed as 12, uh, that, that would mean um, that it's not the first project undertaken uh, that, as Evan suggested, we give our latest change a chance to take root uh, before we compare that to alternatives. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll be happy to let Chris Escobedo and, and Jason kind of uh, work through that, and we'll come back to you as he's getting his work plan put in place. I think that's something that um, we'll, we'll probably, I, I want to run by you anyway, at some point, because I know this council's, this is near and dear to your heart. And before we meet with the homelessness committee and the public safety commission, I, I think it would be wise to just kind of let you know where his focus is. So we're happy to do that. And Evan, I do think we need to keep 11 as a distinct topic, uh, because reviewing our ordinances uh, impacts parts of the city apart from the North Sphere. So it makes sense as a separate number 
11. So thank you for that. Uh, Jan. Thank you. As far as the SWAG program, I know they're using it in San Bernardino. I've had a number of discussions and they seem very happy with it. So at the very least, just uh, let's find out from our new representative if they're aware of it, if they have any highs or lows in that program that they think that they can uh, learn from and use in our city. Um, I just wanted to say, I think the way this is set forth is clear, it's logical, and I think it will be a nice roadmap to productivity. So great job. Thank you. And seeing no other hands, I believe that last statement speaks for us all. Uh, so uh, thank you uh, to the council and to staff. Uh, we've really, in the last uh, two, three years, evolved a highly efficient, helpful process to inform uh, budgeting. So. I have about 30 minutes before um, I believe a closed session is scheduled. That's correct. Okay, thank you. Thank you, everyone.